They're very familiar passages, aren't they? Um, I don't know. Often we don't we read them alone. We don't read them together. But they're actually close in the Gospel of Mark and they form a pattern that is a deliberate one. And we're going to dig into that a little bit more in a moment. Um, but as we do, you, you might be like me sometimes and uh, you come out of church and you are caught up in the busyness of life, uh, whether that's you go off to have lunch with somebody or you go to go and do shopping afterwards and um, maybe a couple of hours later on somebody says to you, oh, you're at church this morning, what was the sermon about? <laughs> and of course your answer is, um, yeah, the potholes are very bad in the road at the moment. Um, I'm going to make it easy for you this morning. Uh, hopefully make it easy for you this morning. Um, this is all you need to remember. If you remember, just say this and people will think, wow, they really listened. Um, we should accept Jesus the way that children do and we should accept children the way that Jesus does. Wonderfully simple, isn't it? We should accept Jesus the way that children do and we should accept children the way that Jesus does. So I'm going to expound that a little bit by covering three points this morning. Firstly, children are important to God. Secondly, we need to be like children to get into the kingdom of heaven. Um, And thirdly, a sign that we are kingdom-minded is how we care for children. Bit of a theme going on here, do you think, this morning? Um, Not surprisingly, for Compassion Sunday, that we would have a theme. Um, And it's probably also not surprising that as we read through those passages this morning, we understand that children are important and are valuable to Jesus. What is probably less obvious, though, is that that attitude was so far out of step with the prevailing culture. Uh, in, uh, in Jesus' time of his earthly ministry, as many of you know, uh, the Romans occupied Palestine. And we get pictures of what that was like, and we get pictures of the mindset of the Romans at the time. And we do that through a range of different ways, through formal documents, but also sometimes just through personal documents that have been captured. Let me show you one. This was a letter, (laughs) don't worry if you can't read it, um, written by um, a soldier called Hilarion, I always trip over that, Hilarion, uh, writing home to, uh, he says his sister, but it's actually his wife. Now, if you read this letter, it's a a wonderfully warm, rich letter concerned for her, explaining about what's going on for him and uh, and saying he's about to to be paid, he's going to send that money home to care for her. And it comes out in the letter that uh, she's pregnant. This is where it turns from being a warm letter to being something that's quite shocking, which demonstrates the prevailing culture of the time. Hilarion says, If by chance you give birth and it's a male, let it live. If it's a female, get rid of it. 
How shocking is that? How shocking is it that you can have such a scant regard for any life, but particularly the life of a child and particularly the life of a female child? As we look at the passages in Mark 9 and Mark 10, in fact, we're going to do them in, flip them and do them in reverse order, uh, so not chronological order, Mark 10 first and then Mark 9. Um, we're going to see that not only does Jesus value children, but as I said before, he, he calls us to actually be like them. So let's get a bit of context as we do this. Um, Jesus and the disciples are moving towards Jerusalem. Um, we've just had the transfiguration where Jesus' um, magnificence has been shown. Uh, the disciples have been witness to Jesus casting out demons, healing the sick, and most uh, recently in Mark 9, just at the beginning of where we read, um, Jesus explaining that he's come to die and because he is divine to rise again. There's, there's a context for us. Um, and then we see how the disciples respond in that context. This is not a smashing the disciples type sermon, don't worry about that, because I think we can all do that. But as we, we kind of come into these things, again, just to, to remind you, we're going to look at uh, the three things, that, that children are important to God, that we need to be like children to enter the kingdom of God, and a sign that we are kingdom-minded is how we care for children. So I'm going to just take you on a little um, jaunt around the Bible. Uh, now, we don't have these passages up on the screen, uh, but let me, me read them to you. Um, just to, to emphasise the importance that God places on children. Uh, Psalm 127 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring are a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children's, children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man and woman, mother, father, grandparents, whose quiver is full of them. How great, children are of great value to families. Or Deuteronomy 6 and 7, and just a bit of context here, this is God's instruction to the people of Israel of how they are to uh, live a life that is captured by his word, captured by his commands, uh, captured by his purposes. And he says in Deuteronomy 6, these are the commands that I give to, to you today and are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit down at home with them. When you walk along the road with your children, talk about them. When you lie down and when you get up. What's the picture here? Entrust a wonderful truth to your children of who God is and what he's done. Because your children are worth it. They're valuable. Matthew 18, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. It's a parallel verse to today. Uh, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. And then verses from today, when Jesus saw this, the disciples showing them away, he was indignant and said, 
Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And Mark 9, And he took a little child and he placed that child among them and said, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me not only welcomes me, but the one who sent me. Now, what does God go to say? And these are just some, but there are so many verses that refer to children in the Bible. Why does God go to such pains to say children are of great value? Well, firstly, there must be a temptation to not think that. To, to you know, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, the children aren't really worth, worth it and aren't really valuable. Um, and in the extreme case of the Romans, maybe not even worth living. That's not God's picture of children at all. He doesn't just see them as an extension of us that at some point will come into maturity, um, but actually as unique people. Psalm 139 tells us that. From that point that we were conceived, the Lord knows us. Children are not just an extension of us. They're unique and created by God and known by him and loved by him and created for his glory. And God loves children, surprisingly, even more than we do. We love our children. We would do anything for our children. And parents and grandparents understand this. You would give your life for your child. Jesus already has. He already has. In his incredible grace and goodness, he's given his life for your child. And God accomplishes amazing things through children. You might think children are just adults in waiting, but we hear and see the wonderful truths of God proclaimed through uh, the voices, the prayers of children, and it warms our hearts. If you've ever been in that position where you've heard a child pray a simple, trusting prayer, that gives glory and honour to God because you see somebody whose faith is full and you know that God is listening and joyfully responding to those prayers. At the end of our time, we're actually going to hear the prayers of children from all around the world as they give of themselves. You will be uplifted as you you hear the prayers of these children. So God loves children especially. I could have picked hundreds of other passages. I'm sure Beck, as as your children's worker, knows many of of these. Um, She's got a comprehensive list, so pass. Just go and see Beck afterwards. (laughs) Um, The second thing. Um, We need to be like children to enter the kingdom of God. be careful on this we're not called to be childish but we're called to be childlike not childish but childlike because children there are certain characteristics of children uh, and the circumstances that they live in that are unique to them Uh, children are completely dependent upon us as parents your child until they get to a certain age, cannot survive without you. 
God calls us to be like that. Because children are completely dependent, that means they are vulnerable. As they, if they stray away from our loving hand, they fall prey to others. And, we, we, and I didn't want to draw much attention to this when we had children in the room, but you heard a picture of that from Noel in the Philippines, that one of the outworkings of this whole COVID period has been a growth in online child exploitation. Parents who are so desperate, making terrible decisions, uh, and, and we nobly sit here and think, oh, I would never make that decision. But when you get to a point of desperation, somebody says, I will give you enough money to buy food for you tonight. All you have to do is take a photograph of your child or take a video of your child and post it to this site. And sadly, one of the greatest users of child um, exploitation uh, over these past two years have been Australians, um, seeing and viewing images of children. Um, so children are vulnerable and they're open to exploitation, but Jesus calls us to be childlike. Let's look here at um, uh, Mark chapter 10. Uh, people were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands upon them, but the disciples rebuked them. And when Jesus saw this, he was indignant. And he said to them, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter it. And he took the children in his arms and he placed his hands upon them and blessed them. These children who... All they wanted to do was be near the teacher because they trusted him. They, they trusted his words. They're not to be shooed away. And we're called to be exactly the same as that, to be childlike in our faith and childlike in our devotion to Jesus. And we know as we get older, we, ought be, we come proud and we're not like that. But God says, be like that. Be like the child. doesn't matter how old you are, how responsible you are, how many people you have depending on you, what role you have in your church or in your family. The faith that we are all called to is a childlike faith. One where we come, draw close to the Lord Jesus and we are dependent on him for all of our being, as a small child is to their parents. Um, about three years ago, I travelled to the Philippines. Remember travelling? Remember when we used to travel places? Remember that? Yeah. Uh, I travelled to the Philippines, and um, I had the, the wonderful privilege to meet this girl. Uh, her name is Hannah. Uh, Hannah told me her story. Um, uh, Hannah's... Mum, uh, when Hannah was three, her mum tragically got sick, didn't have access to health care, um, and died as a result of that illness. Now, I didn't ever discover what that illness was, um, but I was assured it was something that in Australia would be fixed with a pill. Um, um, Hannah never knew her dad. And so at three years of age, Hannah is an orphan. 
she went to live with her aunt, uh, who was living in desperate poverty um, just north of Manila, actually in Quezon City. And uh, the local church family heard the story of Hannah and heard the story of what had happened to her and heard the circumstances that her aunt was in and invited Hannah to come and be part of the Compassion Program. They weren't churchgoers. They weren't followers of Jesus at all. Uh, In fact, they had nothing to do with the church their entire lives. But the local church reached out to Hannah and her aunt. The day that I met Hannah, uh, you can see she's wearing a blue T-shirt. And people behind her are also wearing blue Um, T-shirts. That's the uniform of the volunteers in the local church who care for children. Hannah's no longer three, as you can see. Uh, She was almost 20 when I met her. Um, A a wonderful young Christian woman, completely captured by God's goodness to her. Um, And she talked uh, at length about how she felt if she didn't live when she was younger, Nobody would miss her. Nobody would care. No one would give her any regard. She's just another lost child on the streets uh, in the Philippines. But God didn't do that. He knew her. He knows her. He saw her. He reached his hand out to her through the local church because the local church is the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. As we reach out genuinely loving those around us, we we heard it in the video, it's it's a shadow of the great love that Jesus has for us. And it points people to Jesus. And then we have the opportunity to share the wonderful truth about Jesus. And so we get to a position where where Hannah says, as people loved me and cared for me, I learned that God's love for me is actually greater than my love for myself. And that's transformative. It's transformative. So Mark 10 says we need to be like children. Does that mean we need to be like Hannah? Do we need to be that vulnerable? That at risk? Well, in a way, yes. What God calls us to is dependence and humility. Knowing that it's, it's only him that we can truly rely on. And it's only him that we can trust. And it's only him who can truly bring us salvation. Now, all of those uh, who come to him in complete faith, not trusting in ourselves, trusting our own righteousness, um, he welcomes and he calls us his children. And we get to share in his glory. And we get to be transformed into his character. So Jesus calls us to be childlike. Not childish, but childlike. And then as we are transformed, 
we start to live differently. We don't start to live differently to transform ourselves, but it's as we are changed and transformed, as our our status to be a child of God changes, our life changes, our purposes change, everything about us changes, and we become kingdom-minded, and we see that fruit in the way that we live out our lives. And there are many ways. Generosity, care, I love God's word. Desire to pray. Desire to gather. All of those things are wonderful signs of a kingdom-minded person. But for the purposes of this morning, I'm just going to focus on one. And and it comes from Mark chapter 9. And it's a sign that we are kingdom-minded is how we go about caring for children. And you remember that picture from Mark 9 where um, Jesus says to the disciples, what were you talking about on the road? And their answer was, I don't want to tell you. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because we're actually arguing amongst ourselves who was the greatest. Jesus has just shown them that he is and shown them and spoken to them and demonstrated time after time that he is the greatest. And it just isn't getting through. And so Jesus says, okay, let me show you in a different way. And there are people gathered around with children. You can imagine the scene, can't you? Just people pushing all around Jesus and uh, people watching and listening um, and kids running around everywhere, as kids do. Um, And Jesus draws one of the kids actually into his lap and uh, starts to talk about how to care for the children. Um, And this is what he says. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. And he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum when he was in his house, and he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be last, the servant of all. And he took a little child whom he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little ones into my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me only, but the one who sent me. So a sign that we are kingdom-minded is how we view children. Think about that. Here is a small child, and Jesus says, care for that child, to the disciples. Now, the disciples have got a bit of status here. They've been hanging around with the teacher. They are known as his disciples. What did the disciples gain out of looking after a small child in the small child's circumstances? 
they get credibility? No. Do they get some kind of um, uh, kudos from people around them? No. Uh, it might even cost them, cost them money to care for that child. So they gain nothing in worldly terms by looking after children and the needs of children. That is exactly Jesus' point. Because he sees it. And he knows it. And what they are doing is they are capturing the heart of what God has done for us. They are capturing the king of the universe providing righteousness for broken people. And so as we care for children, we are just honouring God by showing what he has already done. We are showing a humility of heart. So what is, what is caring, what do you gain from caring for a child in the Philippines? Not much, in a way. Will it cost you money? Yes. $48 a month. Is that, is that anything? Yeah. For some people, that's a lot. For others of you, not so much. What do we gain from that? Well, we get to put a photo on our fridge. No. No. God is honoured. Because we are living according to his plans. We're living according to his purposes. We are being humble before him by humbly caring for somebody who gives us nothing in return. And we are showing the same love for children that Jesus shows. So you remember at the very beginning, I said to you, what is it that you take away from today? That we are called to love Jesus the way that children do and we're called to love children the way that Jesus does. God is honoured in that. And children wonderfully come to know him and know that they can come to him in fullness of faith and humility and dependence and can speak and pray to him words of wonderful truth and faith. I'm going to finish with an example of that from children around the world. <laughs>